Juz number 11. Lesson number 109, Surah At-Tawbah, ayah number 94 to 106. They will make excuses. They will offer excuses. Ilaykum to you, idha when raja'tum, you returned, ilayhim to them. Qul say, la ta'tadiru. Don't make excuses. Don't offer any excuses. Why? Because Lan never nu'mina lakum, we will believe you. Don't make any excuses because we're not going to believe in you anymore. Qad, in fact, Allahu. Allah has already informed us, min akhbarikum, min about akhbarikum, your news. Akhbar, plural of khabr. Allah has already told us about your reality. So you don't need to make any false excuses and lie to us in order to prove yourselves to be very innocent and very sincere. And from now on, your words are not going to be taken. They're not going to be accepted. Rather, وَسَيَرَ اللَّهُ عَمَلَكُمْ Allah is going to observe your amal, your deeds. وَرَسُولُهُ And also His Messenger, meaning He is also going to observe your deeds. What is it that you do? Not what you say, but what you do is going to matter. In this ayah, and the following ayat, basically, the Prophet ﷺ and the believers are being prepared on their return journey from Tabuk, that as soon as you get back to Medina, what is going to happen? The hypocrites are going to come to you, making excuses, presenting excuses, for what? For not having gone forth with you. Because obviously, they want to look good in your eyes. They want to please you. And they want to make sure that you are not upset with them. So they will do anything to make you happy. And what is it that they will do? They will lie to you. Ya'tadiruna is from Udr. And what does Udr mean? An excuse. And I'tadara means to make up an excuse. So basically it is to make a false excuse in order to prove oneself innocent, in order to save oneself from the punishment that he deserves. Like for example, it happens many times that we don't want to wake up in the morning. Right? So we are very sleepy, and so we keep delaying getting up. We say, okay, five more minutes, ten more minutes, fifteen more minutes, and then what happens eventually? By the time we are out of bed, we are late. Right? And then when we show up where we have to, and people are wondering, why are we late? Do we tell them that I was just sleeping, I really wanted to sleep, that's why I didn't you know, show up on time? What do we say? There was so much traffic. I, I had so much to do. I just got stuck. I'm exhausted. I am so tired. Even though you got a good sleep of eight hours or so. Right? So this is what? I'tadara. To lie, to make up an excuse in order to prove oneself innocent. And you see, there's two kind of attitudes. People make mistakes. Making a mistake in itself is not something that is wrong in the sense that it's normal for human beings to make mistakes. Don't we learn from the hadith that all of the children of Adam are khatta'un? They are sinful. They commit sins. They commit errors. Correct? And who are the best of khatta'un? Who are they? Those who repent. In another hadith we learn that if people 
would not commit sin and seek forgiveness from Allah after that, what would Allah do? He would bring about another creation who would commit sin, make mistakes, and seek Allah's forgiveness. Because Allah loves the tawbah of His servant. Our father, Adam salam, he even made a mistake. Isn't that so? So it's within human nature to make mistakes. But one attitude is that you accept it. That yes, I was wrong. I should not have done this. No excuses. No matter how many excuses I make, I know that I am wrong. I made a mistake. Right? And I need to fix this. And the other kind of attitude is that a person doesn't accept that he's done something wrong. Or even if he realizes in his heart, what does he do? He covers it up and he lies in order to get away with it. And who is it that lies? Whose characteristic is it? Of hypocrisy, right? So, يَعْتَذِرُونَ إِلَيْكُمْ إِذَا رَجَعْتُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ When you return from Tabuk, they're gonna come rushing to you, making excuses in order to show themselves as very honest and very committed and very sincere. That, oh, you know, we were so busy, we really wanted to come. So how was it? Are you okay? You know, next time we're definitely going with you. يَعْتَذِرُونَ إِلَيْكُمْ إِذَا رَجَعْتُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ And notice, it's plural. Raja'tum. You all returned. Because who else is being addressed over here? The Prophet ﷺ and the believers. Right? So they're gonna come to all of you presenting excuses. What should you say to them? What should you do? You have to be harsh with them. Like it was revealed earlier that, O Prophet ﷺ, Strive against the kuffar and the munafiqeen. وَغْلُضْ عَلَيْهِمْ Be firm with them. So over here, the Prophet ﷺ and the believers are instructed, be firm with them and say to them when they make excuses, قُلْ لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا Stop it. Don't make excuses. We're not going to believe you. لَن نُؤْمِنَ لَكُمْ أَمَنَ لِي Is to believe in someone, to accept what they're saying. So We don't trust you. We don't take your words. We don't believe you anymore. And doesn't this happen? That if a person lies continuously, if a person makes excuses continuously, then a time comes when he loses his credibility. Isn't it? And people don't believe his words anymore. If a person has a habit of showing up late, five minutes, ten minutes... One day he says, I got stuck in traffic. Another day he says, there was an accident. Another day he says, the roads were too slippery. And another day he says, something, you know, an emergency happened. Is he going to be believed again? No. He's going to lose his credibility. People are not going to trust him. So, لَن نُؤْمِنَ لَكُمْ We're not going to accept your words anymore. And the reality is that your hypocrisy has been exposed. قَدْ نَبَّأَنَ اللَّهُ مِنْ أَخْبَارِكُمْ Allah has informed us about your news, meaning about your reality. So no matter how much you lie in order to cover up your reality, Allah has already informed us. Because remember that the hypocrisy of the hypocrites was exposed at this occasion. Every single munafiq, his name was given to the Prophet wasallam. Every single munafiq. So Allah has already informed us, we know about your reality, so what is the way forward? How is it that we're going to deal with you? وَسَيَرَ اللَّهُ عَمَلَكُمْ وَرَسُولُهُ Allah and His Messenger are going to observe your deeds. So from this point onwards, no words, no excuses, only actions will be seen. You know like they say, 
that no more excuses now, show us the results. Alright? So likewise, we're not going to believe in your words, we're not going to believe in any story that you tell us, we're just going to observe your actions. What is it that you do? Allah is going to observe your deeds, and the Messenger is going to observe your deeds. ثُمَّ تُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ And then you shall be returned, sent back to the nor of the unseen and the witnessed. Meaning one day, you are going to face Allah. So today, you can lie to people, you can make up the weirdest stories in order to prove yourself innocent, but how much are you going to hide? How much are you going to lie? How much are you going to try to deceive people? You see, sometimes we make up big stories to impress people. We present ourselves as very big, right? As very great, as very amazing. That, oh, we've been through this and we know this and we've done this. Whereas all of that is a lie. And people live with these lies. But one day, every single one of us is going to face who? عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ The one who knows the hidden and the witnessed, meaning the visible. The one who knows what people say and the one who knows what's actually going on in the heart. The one who sees the actions of the people and the one who also knows their true intentions, their true motives. عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ Think about it. Who is it that we can lie to? And we can deceive with false excuses. Someone who doesn't really know what's going on in our lives. Isn't it so? So for example, we show up at work, we show up at school late, and we say, oh, there was an accident on the road. Right? Or there was an emergency at home. Okay, like there's a typical excuse that people make. My so-and-so passed away. You know, this relative of mine, they're really sick, they're in the emergency. These kind of excuses are very, very common, unfortunately. Right? But who is it that we can offer these excuses to? People who don't know about what's going on in our lives. But someone who lives in your house, in your house, you tell them, oh, I've been up since 6 o'clock. They say, no, no, I heard the water at 7 o'clock. Don't lie to me. You say, I woke up with Fajr. Like, I didn't hear any creaks. I didn't hear any footsteps. So can we lie to people who live in our own house? No, because they know exactly what's going on. Now imagine, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows even more. He knows us even more. Nothing of our lives is hidden from Him. Nothing that enters our heart, that, you know, no thought that comes in our mind, nothing at all is hidden from Him. He knows our every detail. وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ حَبْلِ الْوَرِيدِ Allah's angels are closer to us than even our jugular vein. They know, they write everything that's going on. The connection between the heart and the mind, the connection between the heart and the faculties, everything that's going on. You know, you intend to move your hand, alright? The intention is in the heart, mind, and by the time it reaches your hand, the angels already know. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows from before. Nothing at all is hidden. وَسَتُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ And when you face him, فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ Then he's going to tell you بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ About what you've been doing all along. About what is it that you've been doing. 
If you think about it, sometimes we lie, we make excuses for ourselves, we allow ourselves to not do certain important things. And at the end, what is it that we have to show? What is it that we have to show? Nothing. What is it that we have gained? What is it that we have earned? What is it that we have produced? Nothing at all. And some people, they live their lives in this way. Yeah, I will start praying next week properly. Yeah, inshallah, when I'm 16, I'm going to do this. Inshallah, when I turn 17, I'm going to do this. Right? Inshallah, uh, the next time that Ramadan comes, inshallah, I'm going to, I'm going to change. And what happens? That change never comes. We never fulfill our promises with ourselves. So at the end, what is it that we have produced? Nothing. Look back in your life. In the 20 some years that you've lived so far, what is it that you've accomplished? We deceive ourselves by telling ourselves, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But really, what are we busy with? What are we busy with? Checking Twitter? Reading Facebook? Right? Checking up on other people's lives? What is it that we have produced in the 24 hours that we are given? There's so many researches that are done in which, you know, people are followed continuously through the day. People who think they're very busy. And then they're told, you actually wasted this much of your time. And they're not ready to accept it. They're like, no, 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 I've been very busy. What are you busy with? Waiting in the car, reading Twitter. Right? Waiting in the line, doing this, doing that. Checking my mail and postponing, responding to those mails. And then what happens? The work just piles up. We're constantly distracted. And we allow ourselves to fall back. And at the end, what is it that we have produced? Nothing. Nothing at all. Think about it. Alhamdulillah, for the past two years, your weekends are being used productively. Right? Haven't we lived so many weekends before? Think about it. Before these two years, did you not live through Saturday and Sunday? What did you do? What did you do? Majority of people, what is their way on the weekends? Sleep in, have a late breakfast, be grouchy, stay in your pajamas, lazy, watch TV. And by the time... You think, okay, I should do something, it's one o'clock already. So, okay, Zuhur, and then we have to go out somewhere, and then Asr, and then the day is gone. Isn't it so? Right? So, the thing is that when we are easy with ourselves, when we're too lenient with ourselves, and at the end we've got nothing left. We've got no results. No results at all. So what is necessary? That we become honest with ourselves, and remind ourselves that this life that I have is only one chance that I've been given. I am not going to be sent to this world again. Once I leave, I'm not coming back. I have this one chance. This day that I'm living is never returning again. This month of this year is never going to return. This moment, this minute, this hour is never coming back. So I have to make use of it before this time slips away from my hand. And if we make false excuses like, I'm too tired and I deserve a break. And yes, I'm busy. I'm doing something. Be honest with yourself. What is it that we are achieving? What is it that we are doing? The munafiq, he allows himself to fall behind. And he lies to himself. He lies to others just to appear as good. But in reality, there's nothing good. فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ He will inform you about what you have been doing. 
Think about it. We realize that fasting is something important, right? And in the month of Ramadan, last year, when we kept our fasts in the summer, we realized that yes, we can fast. No matter how long or short the days are. We have that capacity. And after Ramadan, we tell ourselves, yes, inshallah, Monday, Thursday, three days of the month, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. But then what happens? We're like, it's okay, next week, inshallah. Monday comes, we're like, okay, Thursday, inshallah. And then the week goes by, we're like, okay, inshallah, middle of the month. And then, oh, really? Three days are gone? Khair, inshallah, Monday. And then what happens? A whole year almost goes by and we realize we still haven't made up our missed fasts. Forget about voluntary. We haven't even made up our fault fasts. You know why? We're too easy with ourselves. We are too lenient with ourselves. We allow ourselves to have low standards. We allow ourselves to you know, achieve less. But the fact is that people who make excuses in life, they don't go much far. They don't achieve anything at the end. Like they say that when you're good at making excuses, it's hard to excel at anything else. When you're good at making excuses, then it's hard to excel at anything else. Because making excuses will prevent you from doing anything. You're working out, you're like, yeah, okay, fine, I'm working out. You know, I did manage to lose one pound in the past four months, so I see some results. And you know, I should be too tough with myself. Right? We talk to ourselves in this way. And then what happens? A year goes by, and no results. So we need to become honest with ourselves. We need to push ourselves forward, and don't make any excuses. Don't justify any sin, and don't justify falling behind. Whether it's in a test or an assignment. I remember when I started Ta'limul Qur'an course, I would get like an average 70%. Okay, And I'd be like, oh, I have, you know, at least it's something. I'm not here for the marks, right? I'm here to learn the Qur'an. So it's okay if I'm not doing really good. It's okay if I get a 22 on 30. Not a big deal. At least, you know, I'm benefiting so much. And then one day my group in charge, she just said, what are you doing? You can do more than that. You can do better than that. And I saw that really there were people who were, mashallah, doing really well. I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it too. If they are studying this course, and they are of similar age, right? Why can't I do good? Why cannot I do better? And I made myself do better. And from that day onwards, alhamdulillah, I never missed my lesson. And I made sure that I did my tests and my assignments, everything. And alhamdulillah, there was a clear difference in the tests. A clear difference in the results. A clear difference. So sometimes what happens is that we are okay with average results. We're like, no big deal. But we need to raise the standard. Hold yourself to a higher standard. You know why? Because you can do it. You can do better. There's nothing preventing you except yourself. And there's no one who can push you but yourself. No one that can make you memorize except yourself. So if you make up your mind, I have to do this, and I am going to do this, and don't let yourself make any excuses, then trust me, you can do it. You can do it. Raise the bar. Raise the standard. 
Make yourself go forward. Push yourself to become better, to improve. And if you have that driving force, that goal in front of your eyes, then really there's nothing stopping you. You know, like we learned earlier, that even people who have certain challenges, physical challenges, when they've made up their mind to do something, they will do it. And we learned about some amazing examples, people who don't have legs, but they're climbing up mountains. Right? Why? Because they don't let anything come in the way. You know about the brothers of Yusuf a.s.? What did they do? They put Yusuf a.s. in the well and they came back and everything. And they were lying to their father. So what did he say? بَلْ سَوَّلَتْ لَكُمْ أَنفُسُكُمْ You allowed yourselves to do it. You made this sin very little. And this is why you managed to do this to your brother. And now you're lying to me. So the thing is that we cannot sin unless we allow ourselves. And likewise, we cannot go forward unless we allow ourselves. Right? I mean, if you're lying in bed and you say, I'm too tired, I'm too tired, I'm too sleepy, I deserve to be in bed, then you can't get up. And if you say, no, I have to. I have to. I must. Then what's going to happen? You will be able to get up. So, قُلْ لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا Stop making excuses. No more excuses. Now your words are not going to be believed. What is it that you have to do? Action. We're going to see what you do. Allah is going to look at your actions, not your words. سَيَحْلِفُونَ Soon they will swear. بِاللَّهِ by Allah. First they're lying. They're making excuses. And now, they've gone to the extent of swearing by Allah. سَيَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّهِ And these are all false. They're not honest. They will swear by Allah. لَكُمْ to you إِذَا when in قَلَبْتُمْ You returned. From قَافْ لَمْبَ When you will return إِلَيْهِمْ to them, meaning when you go back to Medina, what are the hypocrites going to do? They're going to make excuses. And in order to make you believe them, what are they going to do? سَيَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّهِ They're going to say, Wallahi, we were so busy. By Allah, my children, my family, my this, my that. They're going to make excuses and they're going to swear by Allah even. Why? Why are they going to such an extent? Why are they being so pathetic? You know, first is that they're lying and secondly they're swearing by Allah, which is a false oath they're making over here. Why? لِتُعْرِضُوا عَنْهُمْ so that you turn away from them. Meaning you forgive them. You don't question them. You don't really interrogate them. You don't really investigate their reality. They just want you to believe them. So this is why they will swear by Allah. By Allah we were busy. So obviously if somebody is using the name of Allah, what are the believers going to do? They're going to believe them, right? At least they're going to take their word. So they're going to go to this extent to make you believe them, عنهم, so that you don't punish them, you turn away from them. So what does Allah say? What does Allah say to the believers, to the Prophet ﷺ? So turn away from them. Meaning, don't bother to waste your time with them. If someone has lied to you once, right? And you try to question them more, if they have some khair in them, they're going to admit their lie. Right? But if they don't have any khair in them, what are they going to do? They're going to lie even more. 
right? They're going to lie one after the other, going to make up more and more stories. So what are you doing basically? Wasting your time with such a person. Isn't it so? Don't we find out about these court cases in which someone is clearly guilty, but then they have one of the best lawyers or someone who's defending them. And then what happens? The case is prolonged so much. Why? Because the guilty is not willing to accept that he has committed a crime. So what happens then? One lie after the other. One you know, witness is brought and he's not accepted. One evidence is brought and there's something about that also. So it's prolonged so much. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say over here to the Prophet sallallahu Don't bother to waste your time with them. Just turn away from them. And by the way, turning away from them doesn't mean that believe them. It just means that when they come and lie to you, just ignore them. Just turn away. I'm like, okay, fine. And you just go, go your own way. Don't bother talking to them even. Because you see a person who's lying, who's cheating you, deceiving you, and when you realize that you're being lied to, isn't that such a disgusting feeling? It's a disgusting feeling that, how can this person lie to me? I mean, the reality is clear. And yet they're lying. And they're swearing by Allah. So when you're disgusted, just ignore them. Just turn away from them. Don't bother to make them confess. Because no matter what you do, a liar is not going to confess. He's gonna go even lower in order to prove himself innocent. So keep away. Keep away. You know like when something is dirty, when something is nasty, it smells bad, it looks bad, then what do you do? Do you go and look at it? Hmm. Do you? What do you do? Like, ugh, keep away. I don't even want to look at it. عنهم. Turn away from them. إِنَّهُمْ رِجْس Indeed, they are rids. They are a filth. They are disgusting. They are dirty. They're liars. They're pathetic. They're evil. إِنَّهُمْ رِجْس So don't bother to waste your time with that. And this is a reality. The munafiqeen, there are rids in this world and also in the hereafter. They're filthy in their words, in their thinking, in their attitude, in their manner, in their dealing with people. And in the hereafter, in the hellfire, where will they be? In the lowest, lowest level of hellfire. Where all the filth, imagine the secretions of the people of the fire, you know, the burning of their wounds and the excretion from their wounds, everything is falling down, being collected at the lowest level. And that is where the munafiqeen are going to be. Because in akhlaq, they were the lowest of the law. In their morality, they were the lowest of the law. إِنَّهُمْ رِجْسِ So turn away from them because they're filthy. وَمَأْوَاهُمْ جَهَنَّمْ And their abode is the fire. جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ As a recompense because of what they have been earning. Aren't we so particular about our image before people? Right? About our cleanliness and everything. But what do we see over here? That a person could be Perfectly clean and nice looking on the outside. But if the inside is corrupt, if the inside is filthy, there's khiyana, there's deceit, there's lying, there's cheating, all of that, that is what will make a person truly ugly. 
And then he has no value in the sight of Allah. And it doesn't matter what a beautiful body they possessed in this life. It doesn't matter what they put on themselves in order to beautify themselves. If their soul is filthy, if their heart is dirty, then they're not going to Jannah. They're not going to Jannah. وَمَأْوَاهُمْ جَهَنَّمْ جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ So while it's necessary to focus on the outward, what is more important that we focus on? The heart. What kind of feelings do we have for other people? How sincere are we? How honest are we? Because, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنْظُرُ إِلَى صُوَرِكُمْ Right? وَأَمْوَالِكُمْ Allah does not look at your appearance and your wealth. Meaning, He doesn't have any interest in that because He's the one who gave that to you in the first place. Doesn't matter if your skin is perfect, your eyebrows are perfect, your nose is amazing. Doesn't matter if your hair is really nice and thick. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to Allah. That's not what's going to take you to Jannah. What is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at? وَلَكِنْ يَنْظُرُ إِلَى قلوبكم وأعمالكم. He looks at your hearts and your actions. What's in the heart and what is it that you're doing with your body? He looks at what you keep in your heart, what you feel, what you think, what you plan about, what you intend to do, and what is it that you actually do. That is what's going to determine our fate. That is what's going to determine our end. Not body. Because this physical body, what happens to it even in this life? What happens to it after a couple of years? After some time? What happens? It loses its beauty. Doesn't it? It loses that. A woman just becomes a mother and that's it. She's kind of lost her body. She loses control over it. You know how much pregnancy affects even the teeth? There are some countries in which during pregnancy and one year after pregnancy, all of your dental work, everything is covered by the government. Why? Because pregnancy has a great effect even on your teeth. For some women. Really. It's not just that it affects your skin and your shape. No, it affects every part of your body. Your insides are all like messed up almost. Really. So what good is that perfect body that we are so conscious of because of which we're disobeying Allah? If this body deteriorates before our very eyes and we have no control over it. No control over it at all. Money, what happens to it? Same thing. You could lose it. It gets ruined before your very eyes. Remember the day when you first got your phone, your brand new phone. Was there even a scratch on it? No. And then what happened? It got dropped and your keys scraped against it. Right? One thing after the other. And now that you look at it, just a year old, what happens? It's not the same anymore. Brand new car, what happens to it the moment you drive it out? The moment you sit into it, clean mats. And what happens? You can see the footprints. Right? You can see the fingerprints everywhere. And then you see the marks and the dirt all over. So wealth and body, wealth and beauty, They are not what determines your fate. What is it that determines the fate of a person? His heart, his actions. They're going to take him to either success or failure. And that is in your control. What is in your control? Your body? No. Your wealth? Not really. 
But what is in your control? What you think and what you do. What you want and what you accomplish. That is something that is in your control. So, ثُمَّ تُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ فَيُنَبِّئُكُمْ بِمَا كُنْتُمْ تَعْمَلُونَ And then over here Allah says, سَيَحْلِفُونَ بِاللَّهِ لَكُمْ إِذَا قَلَبْتُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ لِتُعْرِضُوا عَنْهُمْ They will offer, they will lie to you, swear by Allah so that you leave them. So what does Allah say? Leave them. إِنَّهُمْ رِجْسْ وَمَأْوَاهُمْ جَهَنَّمْ جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ because they're not satisfied. They don't think they've lied enough. So they'll keep lying, keep making up stories, swearing by Allah. يَحْلِفُونَ لَكُمْ Why? Because لِتَرْضَوْ عَنْهُمْ So that you can be happy with them. They want you to be happy with them. They want you to approve of them. They want you to say, it's okay if you stayed behind, you're a good person. لِتَرْضَوْ عَنْهُمْ So that you become happy with them. فَإِن تَرْضَوْ عَنْهُمْ Allah says, but if you all are pleased with the hypocrites, you say, it's okay. Will Allah be happy? فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَرْضَى عَنِ الْقَوْمِ الْفَاسِقِينَ Indeed, Allah is not happy. He will never approve of who? The people who are fasiqeen, who cross limits, who are sinful, who disobey Allah. Very important ayah. What do we see over here? that the munafiq is very people conscious. Very, very concerned about his image, about his appearance, about his reputation. What do people think about me? If I wear this today, how are people going to think about me? If I wear this again tomorrow, then what will people say about me? Concerned about his reputation and image before people. This is why sometimes in the house, what's the appearance like? Horrible. Stinky, smelly, oily, doesn't matter. But as soon as people are supposed to come, quickly go shower, change, get ready. Really? Is this how we should be? Don't we know that the angels, they get offended by the same things that people get offended by? So if a person is smelly, hasn't taken a shower, is dirty, is not dressed appropriately, then using the angels of mercy are going to be close to that person? Mm -mm. But what happens? We become very, very people conscious. So as soon as we know people are coming over or we have to go see people, even if it's for a few minutes, we immediately check ourselves in the mirror. Right? We immediately start checking our clothes. Some people go to the extent of smelling themselves all over to make sure they smell nice. They're not smelling bad. Right? Every detail they pay attention to. Why? Image before people. People should be always impressed by me. Once a lady was telling me that she went to see someone. She had to basically drop something off. And she'd been calling, calling, calling. But that person was not picking up the phone. So it was something urgent. So she said, doesn't matter. I'll just go over and I'll drop it off quickly and go away. I'll just drop it off on my way. So she said, I got to this person's house and I rang the doorbell. And no answer, no answer. And then she's like, I was about to go away. But then she opened the door and she was really upset that why did you come without calling me? Because her hair, her appearance was completely different. And she said, I was shocked that this is how she actually looks without the makeup and without the hair all done up. This is how she actually looks. A complete, complete difference. So sometimes our entire focus is on what? Our image before people. 
This is why we spend so much money on makeup that we don't have enough money for books. We spend so much money on clothes that we don't have money to pay our fees. Right? This is what our priority has become. Our physical appearance. And the nourishment of our soul, that is something that we neglect. So our souls are sick. They are poor. Our hearts are empty. They have nothing good in them. Allah says about the hypocrites, they will swear to you so that you become happy with them. Allah says, even if you become happy, Allah is not going to be happy. So what? If the whole world is happy with a particular person, that doesn't mean that Allah is also happy. When will Allah be happy with the servant? When he obeys him. And if a person is doing fisq, like what is mentioned over here, لَا يَرْضَى عَنِ الْقَوْمِ الْفَاسِقِينَ If a person is committing fisq, sin, then Allah is not going to be happy with him. Even if the whole world approves of what he's doing, of how he's looking, it doesn't matter what our image is before people. If we're disobeying Allah in private, if we're disobeying Allah in any aspect of our lives deliberately, then we are not looking good in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all. We don't look beautiful anymore. You know, one of the words for sin is what? Sayyi'ah. Right? And from the same root is the word sawah, which is used for a dead body. It's also used for private part, because the exposure of that is a source of embarrassment for a person. Right? The parts of the body that a person tries to hide from others, why does he hide from them? Why? Generally. Because there is some deficiency over there. So for example, if a person, they haven't, let's say, cleaned up their arms, you think they're going to show off their arms in front of others? I'm talking about a woman, not a man. And you know what I mean by cleaning up. There's hair. So you think they're going to wear short sleeves before other people? No. And if that arm is exposed in front of others, is that a source of embarrassment? Big time. It's very, very embarrassing, right? So sins actually make us ugly. Sins make us truly ugly. And the exposure of sins is what is actually supposed to be embarrassing. But we don't care if our sins are exposed in front of others or if we're disobeying Allah in public. We don't care about that. What is it that we're more concerned about? Our physical image. Our physical appearance. فَإِن تَرْضَوْا عَنْهُمْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَرْضَى عَنِ الْقَوْمِ الْفَاسِقِينَ Allah is not happy with those people who commit sin. In a hadith we learn that whoever seeks Allah's pleasure at the expense of men's displeasure, meaning obeying Allah, making Allah happy would mean that he has to make people upset. They're going to be upset with him. So for example, someone's going to a wedding and they know that it's going to be a mixed party and they have to go because whatever situation it is. Right? And they realize that if they keep their hijab on and they keep their abaya on, there are going to be aunties over there who are going to be very upset. So one is that you say, I, I don't think I can face those aunties. I mean, if they all gang up against me, what am I supposed to do? People are going to look at me strange that what's happened to her. She's being brainwashed. So you know what? It's okay. I'm just going to keep my hijab on or just keep my dubatta on, you know, a little bit and everything will be fine. What's going on over here? Making people happy 
at the expense of making Allah unhappy. There is another way also, a better way. And what is that? Making Allah happy even if the people are unhappy with you. They're upset with you. They humiliate you. They you know, call names to you. And they say one thing after the other to you. The Prophet ﷺ said, whoever seeks Allah's pleasure at the expense of men's displeasure, he will win Allah's pleasure. Meaning Allah will definitely be happy with him. Allah will be happy with him. And you know what? Allah will cause people to be happy with him also. Eventually, people will be okay. Eventually a time will come when people will be like, okay, we accept you and you know what, yes, your hijab, that's your choice, but we really appreciate the way you've changed in your manners and your everything. People will also be happy with him. Don't we learn about the Prophet ﷺ? That how people were so unhappy with him at the beginning, but then eventually what happened? What happened then? After 20 years, after 10 years, some after one year, some after five years, what happened? They fully supported him. Don't we learn about so many companions who said to him that you were the most hated person to me just a couple minutes ago and now you're the most beloved person to me. So many people said that about the Prophet ﷺ. So whoever makes Allah happy, and even if the people are unhappy with him, he doesn't care about that, what will happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will become happy with this person. And Allah will also make people happy with him. And on the other hand, whoever seeks to please men at the expense of Allah's displeasure, he will earn the displeasure of Allah. And Allah will cause men to be displeased with him also. This is very interesting. Allah will cause people to become upset with Him also. You know why? How does that happen? Because people who are not happy with you about your choices, they don't respect your choices, even if you become you know, a weirdo in front of them, they're not going to become happy with you. Never. If they cannot respect your choice of covering yourself, your decision to cover yourself, they will never be happy even if you walk in front of people naked. They will still, they will still be unhappy with you. They will still, you know, talk against you. They will never be pleased with you. So what should be our goal in life? Making people happy? Can you ever, ever attain the happiness of people? Can you ever reach this level where you know that this person will forever be happy with you? No. You do something to make someone happy and then five minutes later they're upset because you didn't do this and you didn't do that. So why waste your life pursuing the pleasure of people when they're never going to be happy with you? And even if they're happy with you, it doesn't matter. So what if this human being, this tiny human being in this world is happy with you? What does that matter? It doesn't matter much at all. What truly matters is if Allah Azza wa Jal is happy with us. So they will swear to you to make you happy. But even if you're happy, Allah is not happy with the people who are sinful. Let's listen to the recitation. يَعْتَذِرُونَ إِلَيْكُمْ إِذَا رَجَعْتُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ قُلْ لَا تَعْتَذِرُوا لَن نُؤْمِنَ لَكُمْ قَدْ نَبَّأَنَ اللَّهُ مِنْ أَخْبَارِكُمْ وَسَيَرَى اللَّهُ عَمَلَكُمْ وَرَسُولُهُ ثُمَّ تُرَدُّونَ ثُمَّ 